1: You're listening to Martyrs and Missionaries. I'm Elise, and every episode, I'll bring you a new martyr and or missionary, the called and the brave. In this episode, we're talking about Felix Carey, the son of William Carey. do something a little bit different this week. For the past few weeks, we've covered the incredible life of Gladys Aylward, who lived such an extraordinary life that was clearly orchestrated by the Lord. We know the fruits of her labor. She's a hero of the faith. But what about people who aren't so cut and dry? I want to use this episode to discuss a different type of missionary, the troubled missionary. We don't really know what to do with these guys. Often they're regulated to obscurity by time, or their legacy is used to attack Christian missions. Felix's contributions have been regulated to obscurity by time. That being said, there's not really a lot about him out there that's easy to access. There are some things that have been written on him, but they seem to be out of print now. I was able to find an academic journal written in 1932 and a scientific journal published in India about 12 years ago. Luckily, they were fairly thorough. Felix was the oldest son of the father of modern missions, William Carey. He came to India with his parents and three brothers in November of 1793 when he was 8 years old. Within three years, he'd lost a brother to dysentery and his mother to insanity, although she was alive for another 12 years. His father worked tirelessly, finding ways to not only help support them, but also to do the ministry he left England to do. Joshua Marshman and William Ward joined William Carey in Sarampore, India in 1799. They and William would later be called the Sarampore Trio for their long-standing friendship and ministry. William Ward took Felix under his wing and began teaching him how to use the printing press and assist in translation work. Felix learned Bengali, Hindustani, and Sanskrit. He became a skilled linguist and was renowned for his handle on the local languages. Shortly before his 15th birthday, Ward led him to the Lord and he was baptized on the Ganges River along with Krishna Paul, their first Indian convert. William Ward was also the man who baptized Adoniram and Judson when they first came to India. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I'll link it in the description. It would be helpful for you because I referenced it several times in just this episode. Felix became somewhat of a sought-after boy preacher locally. He also led the Sunday school lessons, and he was the first person to do so in the area. He was very zealous and passionate, but his passion for preaching soon died down. He became more interested in medical missions and studied under a Dr. Taylor for a while before Dr. Taylor left. Then he studied at the local hospital. So by the age of 20, he was a skilled linguist, medically trained, and extremely knowledgeable around printing presses. He got married to his first wife, who died in childbirth, and we don't really know a lot about her besides that, to be honest. When the Serampore mission expanded into Burma, he joined a team of missionaries headed over in 1807. His father didn't seem too thrilled about losing one of his best men to Burma, and just from reading through his life, it looks like Felix really struggled being under his father, or at least being who his father wanted him to be— which was a partner in his ministry. Felix wanted to strike out on his own and become his own man, so to speak. When he and the team arrived in Rangoon, the capital of Burma, they set about just working on learning the language and translating bits of the Bible. Burma was very hostile to the gospel, and there was a tense political situation between Britain and Burma that caused problems to those caught in the crosshairs. Once, the team had to seek sanctuary on a British ship for weeks because the Burmese government accused the British government of harboring a notorious rival bandit. The situation eventually died down, and Felix found himself in the favor of Burmese royals. It's not really clear exactly how he landed in their good graces, but it may have been it was probably because he was able to bring and administer the newly developed smallpox vaccine. Also, since he was a skilled linguist, they wanted to use him in their negotiations with the British, and he wasn't really a big fan of that. During his stay in Burma, he remarries and he has two children, and he goes back and forth between Rangoon and Sarempur fairly frequently, it seems. And while he's back in Sarampur, he meets Adoniram and Anne Judson. And they're having some trouble staying in the country because the British East India Company really hated missionaries. But these were American missionaries, so that's completely unacceptable. Felix convinced them to come join him in Burma, to which they obviously agree. When they arrived, Felix was away vaccinating more of the Burmese royals. When Felix returns, he marvels at how far they've come. He states that Mr. Judson has an excellent grasp of the language and is just the colleague I wanted. Then tragedy strikes. Felix is headed to Ava in Burma by ship and with all his belongings, a printing press, and his wife and two children. The ship capsized and he was one of the only survivors. He tried to save his three-year-old son but wasn't able to. And this is where his struggles begin. He resigns from the Serampore mission and becomes the royal doctor of the king of Burma. Then he returns to Calcutta as a royal ambassador. And this whole story is just really strange. He comes with a big entourage, a golden sword, a scarlet umbrella held over him. He demands official ambassadorial suites and privileges and says he's coming to ease the tensions between Burma and India. Then when he arrives, he says he's there to procure some sacred Hindu writings for the king. And this was actually often a front to steal women to take back to the king. But the letters he brings with him to prove his ambassadorial status don't seem to actually indicate that. It says that, in fact, he's a doctor, not an ambassador. But they let him stay anyway, I guess because it's just really confusing. Then he begins demanding really weird things like a lion, two ostriches, a gunner, two conjurers, a chariot, tailors, goldsmiths, velvet and lace, and some trees and seeds. And the Indian government's like, uh, no? And then he also asks for a loan of 15,000 rupees, which I don't think they'd give him that either. Uh, Soon after, he demands a couple of ships with two months of provisions to take him back to Burma. And once again, they tell him no, but they give him two ships of choice to take him back to the King of Burma. And while he was in Calcutta, he begins drinking excessively, he does drugs, he gambles so compulsively that William Carey has to make himself a beggar in an attempt to cover his son's debts. And with Felix's weird ambassador-not-ambassador visit being a total failure, he can't return to the King of Burma, who was notoriously unstable and cruel. So instead, he sails to Bangladesh, where he spends three years exploring, botanizing, relaying political information to Calcutta, and even captaining a little army to run off Burmese bandits. Then in 1818, when he's about 33, he runs into William Ward, his father figure and early mentor. Ward persuaded Felix to return to his father in Sarampur. The Sayanpour College was about to open, and he would be the best person to translate textbooks for the students. So he returned, and for the next three to four years, he translated histories of India and Great Britain, chemistry primers, and pilgrim's progress. He became an invaluable colleague to his father, and he was regarded as the completest Bengali linguist among India's Europeans, although he never regained the Christian zeal he had as a boy preacher when he first became a believer. And then in 1822, at the age of 37, he passed away from cholera. And that's it. That's how the story ends. And I'll be honest, I wanted to write this episode, but I had no idea how much it would just bum me out. He starts out so promising, so full of vigor and zeal, and he never seemed to fully recover from the loss of his family. He did remarry for a third time, but his wife ran away from him, and why, we don't know. His story is a very troubled one, and for understandable reasons. Don't forget that his mother was without her sanity for the greater part of his childhood, and that would do something to, I think, any of us. Now, God is greater than loss and struggle, and many people have complete redemption stories like Adoniram Judson, but others don't. And here's a quote by J.C. Ryle, which I love. Our Lord has many weak children in his family, many dull pupils in his school, many raw soldiers in his army, many lame sheep in his flock. Yet he bears them all and casts none away. Happy is the Christian who has learned to do likewise with his brethren. Felix Carey helped pave the way for Adoniram Judson to come in and do what he did. Felix was in many ways the forerunner to those who came after him. Many of the missionaries we know nothing about paved the way for those we admire and cherish today. Okay, next week we have an exciting crossover episode with another Revive Studios podcast, Revive Thoughts. I'll be joining Troy to discuss David Livingston, and I'm super excited about it because we have gone this long into the show and have not covered David Livingston, and it's finally time. After we finish the backstory, we have Revive Thoughts legend Jonathan Clawson bringing one of Livingston's speeches to life. It's going to be awesome, and you do not want to miss it. Before signing off, I want to thank David, Lauren, Becca, and Chris for joining us on Patreon recently. And if you have not already received your welcome gift, you will soon. And as always, thanks for listening to Martyrs and Missionaries. I'm Elise.